Hi, I'm Jason Flom. Here on Righteous Convictions, I speak with some of today's most prominent and active agents of change, people who see the wrong in the world and are driven to make it right. Today's guest is a U.S. Marine Corps veteran who saw a few major wrongs and devised a way to kill several birds with one stone, even though this certified badass would never hurt any wildlife. The very next scene was of a rhino that had had her face cut off, her horn removed. When I came back from Iraq, I took all my emotions from war. PTSD, depression, trauma, everything possible, and I shoved it into a jar and I super glued it shut. And I wasn't planning on dealing with it again. And that's not healthy, but I was doing the best that I could. Well, this rhino totally unscrewed that jar. Now with VetPaw, Veterans Empowered to Protect African Wildlife, he gives returning veterans and endangered species a whole new lease on life. Founder of VetPaw, Ryan Tate, right now on Righteous Convictions. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. If tonight's movie night is just what you need, make it special with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Welcome back to Righteous Convictions. Today, we've got, well, we've got a righteous motherfucker on hand today. And when I talk about that, I'm smiling because I'm talking about my friend and personal hero, Ryan Tate. Ryan is a decorated member of the U.S. Marines. He's a guy who has always been an animal lover and is doing as much as anyone I can think of right now to promote animal conservation in a way that is as fascinating as it is inspiring. So without further ado, Ryan Tate, welcome to Righteous Convictions. Hey, thanks, Jason. I really appreciate the opportunity. So Ryan is the founder of VetPaw, which is Veterans Empowered to Protect African Wildlife. I'm very proud to be on the board of that organization. And their mission is to save, protect, and preserve rhinos, elephants, and pangolins, notably on the ground in South Africa. But before we get into that amazing work, I want to go back to your origin story. You came from Tampa. I want to hear about your youth and how you first became interested in this type of work. My mother always taught me from a young age to treat animals like you want to be treated. You know, my mother is. Uh, She's all five foot one and a firecracker completely. And uh, I always envied her in a way that she stood up, no matter the size of the person, man, woman, if she saw an injustice, she was going to say something about it. I mean, I look back to a time that we, we have this big Gasparilla parade in Tampa. It's, it's like Mardi Gras for a day. 
And my mom saw a guy abusing his girlfriend and, and this is a massive human being. And my mother went right over there and broke it up. And I'm like, I just thought that was cool. That fearlessness, that courage to stand up for what was right. And so I kind of inherited that from her, I guess. <laughs> and so my grandfather had a ranch in Northern Florida. We had rescued horses and all kinds of different animals. And, you know, I just always found animals as therapy. Um, even before I knew what therapy was, you know, I, I found peace in animals of all kinds. And I was in high school in my English class in 2001. I was 15 years old. I hadn't seen any real trauma, I guess you could say. All of a sudden, a teacher runs in the room and he says, a plane just hit the World Trade Center. You got to put the TV on. And there it is. The World Trade Center, the first tower is on fire. You know, I, I was totally oblivious to the fact that it could be terrorism. And then that second plane hit it while we we're watching it. And that was my first real taste at trauma, even not being there, just watching it on a screen. And I had known that I wanted to join the military. I needed some structure in my life. You know, it was 9-11, though, that, that locked me into the Marine Corps because I wanted to get on the front lines. And so I went directly to the Marine Corps recruiting station the very next day after 9-11. And my parents weren't super thrilled about it. But, um, you know, like you said, I, I grew up in Tampa. So MacDill Air Force Base was there, which is CENTCOM and SOCOM. And, and so it's a very patriotic military town. So when I brought the recruiter home, my mother just about lost it. But she knew that, you know, I was I was in. And so they signed the early enlistment papers for me because you needed your parents' consent to sign them before the age of 18. And I waited it out. I ended up graduating high school a little early and went to Paris Island at 18. And so it started there and I became this U.S. Marine. I called it my Superman uniform. It was the first time in my life where I could look in the mirror and just be proud of who I was. And seeing the last name Tate on one side of my uniform and U.S. Marines on the other. I still get chills when I talk about it because it's it's the title that I'm most proud of in my life, that and, and husband. I, I got to see the best and the worst of humanity. It's, it's really made me who I am today. You know, I lost friends. Uh, I've been injured. Um, you know, I, I've done a lot of pretty crazy stuff. And it was all before the age of 21. You know, I think the wisdom that I got from war, of course, when I got back, being able to massage that wisdom and, and put it into place and make sense of it all, you know, it took some time. But, you know, it was a struggle when I came back to PTSD. And, you know, I had a couple of traumatic brain injuries as well. And it was a real shock. You know, PTSD is a very, very real thing. And it's something that's always with you for the rest of your life. And you have to really put in a commitment and the time to fix it or to adapt to it, um, if that makes sense. No, it definitely makes sense. And I don't think our society takes it nearly as seriously as it should. So so you come back to the States like so many of our veterans, suffering from PTSD, understandably, but still having to you know work and support yourself and so the next chapter of your story takes us, well, takes you, I should say, to the State Department. When I got out of the Marine Corps, uh, it was during the stock market crash, the housing crash, when, when a lot of people didn't have jobs and the veteran unemployment rate was over 20%. It was just an insane number. You know, so I found this job with the State Department and I took it immediately. And I, 
I worked on diplomatic security teams, so they protect diplomats, both foreign and domestic. I had been on Hillary Clinton's detail. Susan Rice's detail was my primary detail. She was the acting U.S. ambassador to the U.N. at the time, a cabinet member for President Obama. She was a wonderful woman to work with. I have nothing but amazing things to say about her. But at the end of the day, while I took pride in my job, I knew deep down, like I wanted to make an impact in the world again. When I was in Iraq, I took pride in trying to improve the lives of the people that lived in the area of operation that my unit patrolled. So the farmers, if they needed irrigation system, if they needed a generator, if their livestock needed assistance, you know, going out and really treating them as humans and trying to make a difference in their lives. That's how we got uh, results. And, uh, you know, I, we did it because it felt good too. So I, I wanted to get back to that. I wanted to make a difference again in the world. If an opportunity came up to make a difference again, I was going to seize the moment and do it. And I'm a big Anthony Bourdain guy, rest in peace to him. Read all his books. I, I was a huge fan. I grew up in a restaurant family. My, my dad had an Italian restaurant growing up. And so I worked in there at a young age. So I took pride in cooking. So that's how I, I learned to love Anthony Bourdain. And uh, so his very first show on CNN was Parts Unknown, and it was on the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, which I've always been fascinated with. And so I watched it. Great show. And then afterwards, they had a special on the Tusk Trust Foundation and what the royal family was doing with the Tusk Trust Foundation to you know, support conservation in Africa. And um, I was not prepared to see what I saw. And it was the second biggest gut punch that I've ever experienced emotionally. And it's second to 9-11. The first thing they showed was an elephant dead on a road. It's burned into my brain. And the trunk was totally separated from the body. There's no eyes, no mouth. It's literally just brains and flesh hanging. And it shocked me. Um, normally the way that I work is if I can't do something about it, then I don't want to see it because it's just going to depress me. <laughs> and, uh, I, I'm just going to not, I, I'm going to keep thinking about it. And, uh, the next scene they showed was dead park rangers laid out in the grass. And immediately my brain triggers to seeing my comrades in Iraq laid out next to each other. And so now I'm really starting to go down a hole. And then the very next scene, uh, it was a video and it was of a rhino that had had her face cut off, her horn removed. And the poachers, if they shoot it with a gun, it goes bang. And then park rangers in the distance can hear it. They're alerted. So they sedated this animal, didn't make a sound. She went down, they cut her face off probably within 120 seconds. And they took off. Well, that tranquilizer wore off. And the people that found the rhino had a video camera. And while they were waiting on veterinarians to get there, they followed her. And the veterinarians couldn't get there in time. Once a rhino gets its face cut off, there's very few cases where the animal's been successfully saved. But this animal died a terrible death. Its baby was lost out in the bush, probably panicking, freaking out. When I came back from Iraq, I took all my emotions from war, PTSD, depression, trauma, everything possible. And I shoved it into a jar and I super glued it shut, metaphorically speaking. 
And my, I, I wasn't planning on dealing with it again. And that's not healthy, but I was doing the best that I could. Well, this rhino totally unscrewed that jar and everything came out. It was, I, I just, it, I've never felt anything like this before. I was crying. I was angry. I was just pissed off. I was embarrassed for humans. I was ashamed. Uh, you name the emotion, the negative emotion, and I guarantee you I was feeling it. And I knew I had to do something. I had a special skill and I wanted to go. And I immediately got on the phone with fellow veterans to see if they'd be interested in going out or if they'd even heard about this. And to no surprise, all of my buddies were like, I'm down to go. Let's let's go do it. Let's go. I called my mother. She said, you're not going to Africa. And she always says, now, I knew you were going to go, but I had to, to tell you no. So I started pitching it at the State Department. The first person uh, was Ambassador Joseph Torcella, who is the treasurer for the state of Pennsylvania now. And he was amazing about it. He said, this is really interesting, Ryan. Let's look into it. He pulled some strings, got some information. And he said, yeah, there's, there's a real problem over there now. And so that led me to putting together this proposal for the government. And I, I pitched it. I, I knew that the government wasn't going to pick it up. I kept pitching it. And it wasn't until I was in D.C. On, I took leave to go to President Obama's open forum with his advisory board on wildlife trafficking. And the topics were Africa. And I was just going to ask a question to see if they were going to put any of the designated money from the president's administration towards training of rangers. And so my name's on the list. Again, I'm there as a private citizen. And out of nowhere, an assistant secretary of state walks up to me and she says, are you going to, are you going to speak? And I said, well, I was just going to ask a question. She said, what were you going to ask? And so I told her, she said, I don't think so. She said, you need to leave this meeting right now. Or, or, and this is on a Friday or you will not have a job on Monday. And I said, good to go. And I walked out and I typed up my resignation papers and I turned them in on Monday. I don't believe that I would have been able to stand by and just watch this happen. Um, there's a director of Life of Pi, and I cannot remember his name right now, but he was speaking at NYU. He was giving a lecture. This was all when I started Vet Paul. I was trying to figure out what to do. And, and I used to go just to watch and learn. And he said something that stuck with me for life. And he said, if you feel so passionate about something that it hurts in your stomach, you need to do something about it or you are going to regret it the day that you die. And that was the push that I needed in that moment to turn in those resignation papers and take that leap. Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, the CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. 
Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. I've talked about your work and the work of VetPaw so many times to so many people, and I usually describe it as like a win-win-win-win, because what you saw was an opportunity to create meaningful employment for veterans, which was a big problem in society, then go over to Africa, back to a really dangerous spot, right, dealing with poachers. And people don't realize poachers are not some ragtag band of people who are just out to try to, you know, make a few bucks. Not to say that doesn't exist, but they're financed largely by Boko Haram and other terrorist groups because there's so much profit in it. So the win-win-win-win, right? So VetPaw creates these jobs, saves the rhinos, trains African rangers in the U.S. military tactics, allowing them to defend themselves, being outgunned and outmanned by the poachers. And you know, saving hopefully rhinos and other species for generations to come. So it's a whole full circle of powerful goodness that you've created in in a place that really badly needed it. So what was it like? So you go over there to Africa and you're like, we're here. Like, I don't think they were just like, oh, great. Like, how did that even work? Ambassador Torsella, who I spoke about, was generous enough to connect me with Kenyan government officials and Tanzanian government officials. Um, in Africa, it's Tanzania. So for those listening that are familiar with Africa, I know how you say it. But uh, to us Americans, it's Tanzania. Both of them jumped at the opportunity. And Tanzania presented the perfect opportunity for success. The presidential administration, President Kikweti at the time, and the Minister for Natural Resources and Tourism, Nyalandu Lazaro, had said, we want our rangers to fight like U.S. Marines. The men and women, we need them to be inspired. So they said, well, the first thing I'm going to come over and do is just observe. You know, I'm not going to come over here as this American freedom fighter, follow me to freedom type of BS. You know, they have a lot of knowledge and skills that I don't have. And so I needed to learn from them about the challenges they face, the skills that they have, the skills they think they need, and put everything together and then extrapolate it to make a proper training session for the Rangers. And so I went out and and I learned and I ended up coming back with a team and we helped Tanzania form its very first wildlife crimes task force. And with the help of, of local leadership and local police, we hand selected the Rangers to be on this team. And it was a total of 30. And we ended up training them in undercover operations to gather information and intelligence. And then after they would gather that, we taught them how to exploit that and use it to basically break down these networks of criminals that are conducting the poaching. And so the very first big operation that they did, the information they gathered was incredible. I myself and a couple of our team members also went undercover posing as tourists and posing as assistants for large wealthy individuals that were trying to buy ivory or rhino horn or pangolin scales. And so we also helped get that information. I've been at some shady spots doing that too. Unarmed, embedded, very nerve wracking. So the very first operation, we get all this information and within 36 hours, uh, we broke down a poaching network that was responsible for over 10,000 unaccounted elephants. And it's estimated that could be up to 18,000. I know that's a wide window, but 
Um, so we did that in the Ruaha ecosystem, and that led to over 100 arrests and helped to break down further other networks throughout East Africa. I mean, there's a staggering number, whether it's 10,000 or 18,000. I mean, one elephant lost is a tragedy. And as you said earlier, many cases, it, it's not just some poor guy that's trying to feed his family. Some cases, yes. And in those cases, it's normally somebody that's been exploited by these criminal networks. What we found was, is that it's it's nasty people. There are a lot of people that say that it's been debunked, that it's supporting terrorism. Well, I'm telling you right here, right now, that's absolutely false. I've tracked Al-Shabaab, I've tracked Boko Haram myself in many cases. It is very, very true. The level of support they're getting off of poaching, I can't tell you that. But what I will say is that a rhino horn can go anywhere from 300000 to $1 million USD on the black market. And I've also lost friends who are rangers to poachers or you know the networks that get out there. If you're making a big difference and you're impacting their bottom line, they will hunt you down and it won't be in the bush. You know, they can hunt you down in the city. They'll threaten your family. I had a, a middleman and a middleman is the guy that coordinates with the poachers and with the kingpin to find the poachers, to go out and do the job. And then he organizes the security for the shooter. So anyways, I met this middleman. We caught him and uh, I show up at the ranger station. The chief ranger says, hey, you should, we need your help here interrogating this human. And I said, okay, well, what have you done so far? They're like, well, we've asked him all the questions that we can. He doesn't want to do anything else. And they're like, maybe you should, maybe you should uh, use some force to get information. And I said, no, 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 no. That's not how this works. You're not going to get any information from anybody torturing them. You need to treat somebody with respect and you need to break it down and see somebody human to human, in this case, man to man. And they said, well, can you show us? And I said, sure, no problem. And so I went in and I just, talked to the guy. And I said to him after we talked and I got to know him a little bit about his family, where he's coming from, why he's here. I said, I know what you're trying to do right here, right now is to provide for your, your daughters, boarding school, put food on the table, you know, give them a brighter future. But in reality, what you're doing is you're destroying their future because without the animals here, there will be no ecotourism. There will be no tourism. Nobody's going to come to Africa to stand there and stare at a field full of impala. They want to see elephants. They want to see rhinos. These animals are your heritage. And it's it's dishonorable what you're doing. And in Africa, and honor is a very big thing. And when I broke it down to him like that, it, you see this light bulb moment. And so I said, I'm going to leave you with this. And I'm going to come back tomorrow and we're going to talk again. If you help me find the poachers in the area, depending on the amount of information that you can give to us, maybe we can get a reduced sentence and I'll find you a job when you get out of jail. And so I said, I'm gonna leave you with that. Don't give me an answer. I'll see you in the morning. And I show back up in the morning. He said, I will take you to the homes of every poacher in this area. And he said, the one thing you have to do is protect me from the rangers. A lot of the rangers have resentment because they've lost family members to poachers. They've been beaten up or tortured. Their homes have been set on fire. And it's not good. And so I said, no problem. I'll protect you. And what did he do? He took me in the middle of the night, two, three in the morning to every poacher's home. We made arrests all night before the sun came up. There was not a single one left. And so justice was served. That guy served his sentence, got out and became a park ranger. 
you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, the CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Tell us about rhinos and elephants. What what about them have you learned that people should know but probably don't? So we've got less than 6,000 black rhinos left in the wild, or around 15,000 white rhinos left in the, the wild. Elephants are, are doing better now, thanks to a lot of big government initiatives. Botswana was a good example where they use their military to protect their parks. Elephants are probably the most unique animal I've, I've ever come across. Um, they are the most family-oriented animal that I've ever seen. They mourn the death of other elephants. They remember each other. Two baby elephants could have met as newborns. And then 25 years down the road, they meet again in the bush and they celebrate together. They remember each other. And it is the sweetest thing. <laughs> I've also had a vehicle smashed by an elephant bull who was in musk. And uh, that was pretty scary. I'll have to show you the picture at some point because I was able to snap a picture right in the elephant's eye before he smashed the vehicle. And a really cool story, and it's a quick one, but about an elephant. So uh, photography is a big passion of mine. It's just a hobby. And I was out shooting in the bush. My wife came out. And so we were on a on foot just going around photographing. And I left one of my most expensive lenses. It was in a lens bag in the bush by accident. So I went back to look for it. I could not find it anywhere. And I just got this thing. And I get a call two weeks ago from our ecologist. He takes a picture. It was back when I got back to the States. Sends it to me. He goes, did you lose something? And I said, no way. Where did you find this? And so he calls me up. He said, I got the whole thing documented. You're never going to believe this. An elephant picked it up and placed it at Junction, which was where all the roads of the reserve came back. And you can see the footprints, you can see the trunk drag and where he placed it and then felt around it. He put, or I say he, it could have been a female elephant, but the elephant put the lens where he knew a human would find it. And I still have that lens today. I will never, ever sell it or get rid of it. I will never lose it again. That's for sure. But that's just how smart these elephants are. And if anybody tells me, oh, no, that's just, that's crazy. No, I'm telling you, that's. 
that is very elephant like it's it was wild um but they're important beings within ecosystems you know all ecosystems need every species otherwise it becomes unbalanced a lot of people say well when it comes to hunting, it's important. People have to go over there and hunt. Everybody got involved with the Cecil the Lion thing and all this other stuff. And it, it, it contributes to the conservation, that they bring the dollars in for the communities, blah, 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 blah. I, I could never shoot any animal. What is the truth behind that contentious issue? Before I even say anything, I'm not a hunter. I've never have been. I've been a hunter of man. And I'll leave it at that. That's that's all that I had interest in doing. And I don't even have an interest in doing that anymore. But I'm on the same page with you. I, I can't look through the sights of a rifle or even just think about doing it, squeezing that trigger and, and you know, killing something that was defenseless. However, when it comes to South Africa specifically, all parks, even massive parks, have fences around them. And with different gestation periods of animals, different eating habits... Um, it, it's important to keep that balance because you have impala, which reproduce at a rapid rate and elephants, which take two years almost to reproduce. And then you have rhinos that take 18 months. And so you got a real imbalance here. And so if the flora of the reserve becomes unbalanced, then the food doesn't get distributed equally. And then now you have a starving ecosystem. So when it comes to hunting, I'll never, I'll never ever be okay with the hunting of an elephant or a rhino, giraffe, any endangered species. I do not understand why somebody would want to go and shoot a lion. I, it just doesn't align with my values. But if we don't allow hunters to come out and control the antelope population like Impala, then we're going to have a real problem. If the government dictates and the, the subject matter experts, the scientists, the biologists, ecologists say, hey, it's critical that a certain amount of Impala or Kudu or Inyala, Elon, whatever it may be, if we don't find a way to remove them, then this ecosystem will collapse. And that means all the other species like elephants and rhinos will go too. And what we need to recognize as humans is that we are part of the ecosystem that we call planet Earth. And as the, uh, scientifically speaking, the most intelligent species on the planet, you know, it really is our job to be stewards of the Earth. And we are an important part of this planet. And if we wreck it, we don't get it back. Extinction is forever. What can people do to help? Getting the word about Vetpal and our mission out there is phenomenal. Or if, you know, you know somebody that might be interested in supporting us in some sort of way, hosting an event for us, you know, we get a lot of funding through private events, third-party fundraisers at people's homes or local restaurants. Um, so that's helpful. And then if you do have time to get to Africa, we have our Rhino Experience Program, which we're restarting. We put it on pause because of COVID-19. We're restarting it in June where people can come out. It's no more than eight to 10 people at a time. And it is an exclusive up close look, 10 days in the shoes of a Vapal team member. You spend time with our veterans, sit around the campfire, hear cool stories, but you actually can go out and tag rhinos with us. Um, we have a big research program. We actually known as the top rhino research program in South Africa. The government recognizes us as such. And it's very affordable, $2,500 to $3,000 for the entire trip. Your food's included. We pick you up at the airport, great accommodations, and you're the safest person in Africa. I can guarantee you that. 
All right, so I'm feeling a little sheepish bringing this up, but I can't also not plug it. So I'm going to go ahead and say, Ryan, we have a big event coming up at VetPaw. And uh, can you share with the audience about that? Because there's a good chance a lot of people may want to get involved. On uh, April 22nd, so that's actually this coming Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we're going to do a virtual event. It's to raise funds for the mission, but we're going to have some celebrity support in it. Uh, we're going to talk about what we do. So even if you know you, you don't have money to give, still tune in and check it out because we're going to talk a lot about our mission out there and, and give you some more insight and video footage of, of what the guys are doing. You meet some of our amazing team members. Oh, I, we can't do it without the veterans that we have on the ground there. Now we go to the closing of the show. I call it Words of Wisdom. This is the part of the show where I once again thank you, Ryan Tate, for all you're doing to make the world a more righteous place. And all the guys in VetPaw, shout out to the badass people making a difference at great risk to their own personal safety day in and day out. Um, you guys know who you are. All I can say is you have all of my respect. With that being said, Words of Wisdom works like this. I turn my microphone off, kick back in my chair, and then I leave your microphone on for anything we may have missed or anything else you want to say. Live a life with kindness first. Always lead with kindness. Treat everyone with respect, whether it be animals, humans, doesn't matter what it is. Live a life of respect and, and kindness. Um, it goes a long way. Give back. You know, a lot of us are, are inundated with tasks and careers and family lives, but giving back really does a lot for the soul. I know it has for me, and I wish more people in society would do some selfless things and, and give back, whether it be in your community, going out and cleaning up a beach, or going to uh, food kitchens to feed the homeless. Anything and everything in life, there, there's an opportunity to give back, and that's so powerful. With Paul, it's not just the wildlife that benefit, it's the veterans. You know, I started this organization with one goal, and it was to go kick some ass and save some animals. But what I found was that the veterans need the animals as much as the animals need the veterans. It's healing. It's amazing to see these veterans finding a new purpose in life. You know, it's right up there with, with the accomplishments that I'm most proud of, is seeing these veterans find that purpose again and, and find their reason for living. Thank you for listening to Righteous Convictions. I'd like to thank our production team, Connor Hall, Jeff Clyburn, and Kevin Wardis. The music in this production was supplied by three-time Oscar-nominated composer, Jay Ralph. Follow us on Instagram at Wrongful Conviction, on Twitter at Wrong Conviction, and on Facebook at Wrongful Conviction Podcast. Righteous Convictions is a production of Lava for Good Podcast in association with Signal Company Number 1. Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, the CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. 
you'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information.